Hello and welcome to Music Life Radio. I'm your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio is a free podcast available on iTunes and your interwebs at musicliferadio.com and features interviews and stories about and related to music. Today on the program, we feature author and songwriter Chris Wade. His current project is Dodson and Fog, a progressive folk recording project featuring an impressive lineup of musicians that help showcase his songwriting talents. He is the author of several nonfiction books about the music of Black Sabbath, The Incredible String Band, and The Kinks, among others, and the author of several fiction books, including the Cutie Trilogy. Chris also runs the magazine Hound Dog, which features interviews with musicians and hosts a companion podcast of the same name. Sit back and enjoy another episode of Music Life Radio, this one entitled Dodson and Fog, The Chris Wade Story. Welcome to the program, Chris. Where did you find the time to engage in so many different projects? Um, for the projects, um, I work from home, so I find time every day to do bits if I can. Um, I've got you know, just playing the guitar, or writing lyrics, doing the paperwork, or all the business aspects of it, of course, or promoting. Uh, getting ideas together on the instruments, you know, writing, starting a book project. So, I mean, I always find the time to do something because, I mean, I'm at home to work, so I try my best to motivate myself. I mean, I enjoy all this so much anyway that these projects are just so much fun. It's my hobby as well, so, I mean, there's no difficulty in finding the time. Where did you grow up and what kind of music were you listening to as a youth? Um, I grew up in Leeds in uh, Yorkshire, up north, lad. But uh, I'd always listen to music a lot. Um, you'd have the vinyl out a lot, and you know, you had tons of records, and he still has Beatles, early Zappa stuff. That, you know, we always used to listen to that. You know, these samplers that I always liked, you know, fill your head with rock, the rock machine turns you on, rock busters, you know, all these really cool label samplers, Island and, you know, Harvest label and stuff, you know, great music. But first band I got into myself, well, it was Nirvana first, but. This is like when I was like eight years old. When Kurt Cobain died, I, I discovered Black Sabbath from a song, Paranoid song, on a um, compilation that my dad had. Started collecting um, Sabbath records, um, you know, like eight or nine, mid 90s. And then um, I used to save my pocket money up and save all records. And I, you know, I used to study the vinyl sleeves and lay them all out on the floor. Just looking at them, I just used to write the, write the lyrics down to the songs, but I could never understand the words because you know, all this satanic stuff went over my head as a kid. I remember writing down NIB lyrics, and there's a line where he says, "Before you know the way I'm going to feel," and I thought he said, uh, "The way I'm going to peel." I had it in my head that you were on about being sunburnt. So I mean, they used to really get the lyrics wrong. That's what's good, really, because I got into Sabbath when I was really young, and they were like they were like an innocence to it because I just liked the sound. Some, you know, I didn't know anyone else that liked them. That's what was cool. So I mean, Black Sabbath is an early influence, and I still listen to them a lot. Yeah, I see you play a lot of different instruments. But what was the first instrument you picked up, and why? I mean, my main instrument is the guitar. It always was. I mean, 
I've got three sisters and a brother, so someone must have had a guitar because there's always one lying around. I don't think anyone really played properly. I mean, my brother plays. I mean, I must have just got interested in it from listening to music. I mean, very musical house, a lot of different. Like my one sister were into Pearl Jam and all that at the time, Soundgarden. My dad were into all the older stuff and lots of different types of music. I remember f I first made my own instrument, it was like a, an ice cream tub with rubber bands. Really awful. I used to write loads of these songs that I, f I thought they were really cool at the time, but they were just hideous. You know, any I used to write songs about Mario Kart, anything. I mean, it started really on, really, really early on. Like, I must have been seven, even younger. I mean, me and my brother Andy, we used to record ourselves on tape recorders and make these little albums on cassettes and give them to my dad. And he always used to encourage us, which were really good. I mean, he still encourages me now. He's, he's been one of the main reasons that I keep going because he's always interested. He always has been, really. I mean, I also play bass, keyboards, and bits of flute and violin, you know, not much, but enough to get sounds out of them for the Dodson and Vlog albums but it's always a guitar they always start a song with an acoustic and work around it see what's see what I can add in it's just really interesting to start with the guitar and it's just easy I mean I can colour it in with whatever, whatever instruments I want but it always starts with the guitar <laughs> Dodson and Fog started in 2012, the middle of the year. I'd been doing these writing projects for a few years and I must have just been getting a little bit sick of it and wanting to get into the music properly. Or maybe I was bored, I don't know, but um, I did these acoustic demos of some older tracks and some new ones. Um, sent them to Celia from Trees, because I'd interviewed her for Hound Dog magazine like in 2010. And I said of these tracks really shyly, like, oh, we listen to this. I didn't expect her to say anything about it, but 
she um, yeah, she liked them and sang on a few tracks and it just went from there really that's why it started it just and then I wanted a proper outlet you know because I was doing these short stories non-fiction books and all bits and pieces but there were nothing consistent and the music's great because I can write something every day I can you know get an idea together in a day if it might, I might not keep it but I might keep it and save it for later but it's just a really good outlet and the name Dodson and Frog comes from Dickens Pickwick Papers two lawyers her solicitors just thought it were a cool name I mean it confuses people because they think it's a duo but I quite like that please talk about the new album After the Fall and what makes this album special to you yeah the new album After the Fall is quite special to me um, the people on it some of my favourite musicians I mean Celia's on it again from Trees and love her voice brilliant and um, Scarlett Rivera who was on um, Bob Dylan's Desire album and she's a very famous violin player in her own right she's on it and I just like the uh, feel of it because it reminds me of when we had the baby me and Lindsay my fiance we wrote some of the lyrics together in the songs and we were expecting the baby in February she came in March but I'd, I'd recorded most of the album so it, you know it's very special to me in that aspect because it it just reminds me of that time these, these albums are like diaries to me because I can look at an album I can look at the tracks and I can remember like the feel of each track what I was feeling at the time and well, they're very nice and even if I never recorded carried on recording I'd always have these as like snapshots of a time I think it's very interesting it's like a like a paintings really you know just like a timeline of your life talk about for a moment the inspiration for the song you're an island the leading track on your new album you're an island the inspiration started because I started playing this um these cards just simple card sequence really like an A a C and a G but Lindsay really liked the way I was playing it so I was playing it in a diff- slightly different way a little bit discordant and she said let's make something out of, out of that and she always has an image of her head when I start a track and she'll say you know with this one it was reminded her of an island and then we started these metaphors about everyone's their own island you know and the world is the sea and all these things about you know people searching the world for for happiness and the happiness is right in front of them really you know people not realizing that life's what you make of it and well the song's about a lot of different things really it's it's about whatever the listener wants it to be about but um it just started from that idea that guitar it kind of developed naturally from there that's where the way a lot of them work really men have trolled the sea for many years Searching for ways to quell their fears Little do they know But up above Some can dry those salty tears Tenderly, they like 
together a lot of amazing musicians for this project would you talk about some of these uh, musicians that you've worked with in Dodson and Fogg? Um, Nick Turner I asked him to be on the first album I could seen him on the BBC there were a documentary about Hawkwind on I saw him playing flute and the saxophone I just thought he looked like a character I didn't really know his name but I researched him a bit and I thought oh, I might try and get him on the album and he did some flute uh, did, I think he did four tracks we never really worked together again because so busy. Um, gonna have to pin him down, but yeah, it was good to get Nick Turner on board. But I didn't really know who he was at the time very well. But I'm a big Hawkwind fan now since then. You know, I love all the early albums with him on. And then um, Celia, I mean, it's like I say, I just I knew her by email from years ago from when I interviewed her, and I just followed it up and got back in touch. I just basically I just ask people, and you know, if they say yes, it's cool if they don't say anything it's just fair enough just one of them things but Scarlett Rivera from the violin player I had a dream um, that I were that I'd got the violin player from Dylan's you know Desire album on my album because I mean I've always loved that album but I never knew her name I just knew they were a violin player so when I woke up I went and researched her and managed to get in touch with her and you know I got her on the album and I, I mixed it the similar way to it is on that Dylan album you know in one speaker so it didn't quite you know, it floats along in one in one side of the mix, but it doesn't quite take over the songs. But it has that really beautiful floating gypsy violin feel to it. I mean, well, that were great. I mean, I just love working with other musicians like Ricky Romain, the sitar player. You know, the re- very reliable and nice fella, and he always gives me this brilliant stuff to work with. I just love that. I love mixing and collaborating with people in any way I can. What are you trying to achieve musically with the song "Mystery" from uh, your album "The Call"? Mystery. Um, that started with like an acoustic guitar, um, little strum thing. I had like a little plucking, and I just started filling it in, coloring it in. Like I started with the guitar, then I did the bass, then I did another guitar, and then I, did, I thought about sitar. That's when I first got in touch with Ricky. Actually, found him on the internet and sent him the track. He did his little fluttery little bits of sitar, and uh, Chloe Harrington from Knife World. She did some sax. I mean, it, when I listen back to it now, mixing a sitar and a saxophone is really strange, but it must have just been what I was thinking at the time, because they kind of naturally follow on from nothing, and you know they keep developing as I go. Because I don't really have, ever have an achieve, tried to achieve anything, or you know, I just basically want to make a cool song that I can listen back to myself, and hopefully other people might like. So. Thank you. 
You got some really great artwork on all of your albums. Uh, who did the artwork? The artwork on the new album's done by Lindsay, my fiance. She's a really cool painter. She's got a real individual style with colours. She just makes these amazing colours and she can spend hours doing it and I don't know how she does it. But I'm just really lucky to be able to get on these albums. She did a new one and she did Sounds of Day and Night. And she's done like the inserts and the CDs and the backs to some of the others. But I'm just going to try and use her out whenever I can because I just, I just love it. To work so if it, if I didn't know, I'd, I'd still want these album covers. Absolutely brilliant. So I mean, if anyone wants an album cover doing, contact Lindsay. How is life as a new dad, and how has it impacted your music and other projects? I love being a dad. Yeah, um, really fun and rewarding, and you know, having a family is the best thing that's ever happened to me, and it will be to anyone who you ask. The feelings that you have, you just can't describe them, but they, they have been coming out into the music, which is good. I mean. I've been making some really nice songs lately. I mean, I've been recording with the baby in the carry cot next to me and stuff, and she, you know, you can hear her making noises on some of the tracks. And I've left them in because I thought, you know, it's real. It's a document of a time, isn't it? So I mean, if she's making a noise on a song that's about her, if I mixed her out, it'd be a lie. So no, it's good. It's actually working for the music when I get the time to do it. But I just, I just love being a dad. It's watching her every day, watching her develop and little smiles and the way she moves and not everything about her just you fall in love with your kids so i mean i love it it's made my life complete what other musical projects are you featured on i've got another music project with my brother called rexford bedler it's like an acoustic songwriting one again you know he does a track i do a track my brother andy it's on the, the wisdom twins records Bandcamp page six of his songs and six of mine it's so it's, you know, it's getting a bit of interest and some reviews and stuff, that's good. But, I mean, the main music project for me is Dodson & Fogg because I've just put most of my main ideas in it and a lot of work. Like, today I've just done a track. It's 8 o'clock now, but I've been doing it since about 12, on and off, you know, and uh, doing other stuff. So it's quite tiring sometimes, but it's really fun. But, you know, Dodson & Fogg is the main musical project. Now, you're also the writer of many non-fiction and fiction books let's uh, talk about cutie tr- the cutie trilogy your uh, fiction series well i wrote cute in a sofa guard in 2008 when i was working at a stationery shop ryman's in t- in uh, leeds they sent and there were all these strange people coming in you know colorful stories and uh, colorful people to say the least so all this real stuff just ended up going into this story this story just started as a quite a loose thing at the first but it developed into a really odd surreal kind of adventure with an anti-hero who you can't really rely on he's a very unreliable narrator as you learn later on but um, it started from that but it didn't really take life until I did the audiobook of it with Rick Mail, the comedian Rick Mail. and then we went down to um, Shepherd's Bush in a really little studio <laughs> A little studio down an alleyway and um, I, think, I don't think you were expecting it to be I mean it wasn't a bad studio it was a nice studio but it wasn't what you were used to you know I mean he'd done John Mortimer and Ben Elton audio book must have been you know Harper Collins and things like that so he must have been in these really plush studios and I basically shoved him in a cupboard because that's what the voice booth well, there were no windows in it it was like literally a cupboard size shoved him in and then put the chair in behind him wedged him in there was no room for him to move at all and he even had to shut a door behind him. So I mean, if he um, 
if you wanted to ask for my advice or if I liked something, you open the door. I don't think I would even sat on a chair because there was only one chair for the mixing guy, so I think I was sat on the floor. The bit were a great project because it was right down, you know, just me and Rick, me and Rick and the sound guy, and it was just really, really refreshing to work with someone like that. And you know, he was a great actor. He's a great actor. I mean, he can be a great actor when he's got the right script. And it was just brilliant. But um, I wrote a follow-up, and two, I wrote two follow-ups: Home in a Tick and Tales from the Nana Home. We were going to do them as audiobooks, but it never quite uh, happened because I don't think it made enough money, you know, to, for his agents to keep him interested. But I just loved that experience, and um, I don't know, it's once in a lifetime kind of thing, really. I mean, the trilogy is just insane. It's it's kind of a surreal. I can't really describe it. I mean, there's a film called A Lucky Man, with Malcolm McDowell, which is basically like he plays the everyman, trying to find peace. It's a little bit like that. You know, it's similar kind of way, but it, it's you don't know what's real, you don't know what's pretend, you don't know what's fantasy or half made up, exaggerated. I mean, you can check them out on Amazon. Cutie and a Surfer Guard, Home and a Tick, and Tales from the Nana Home. I mean, they're they're just a complete trilogy. I don't think I'd ever follow the story on. I think that's the, basically the end of the story. But check them out if you get the chance. So I'm a huge Black Sabbath fan, and as I can tell uh, from this interview, you are as well. How did you come to write a book? about the music of Black Sabbath. The Black Sabbath book, great fun, because obviously I love Black Sabbath, and I got to listen to all the albums again, and um, any cool stuff. My favorite moment is when I interviewed Ian Gillen. He told me about an album that I, I was never really a big fan of, Born Again, the album. It's the one with the devil baby on the cover. Sabbath, 1982, I think, 83. And um, he says, basically, they were just, Sabbath asked him to be in the band. Well, he asked his agent, with that, and his agent, you know, he had his weekly meeting with his agent, and his agent told him, oh, by the way, you're in Black Sabbath. Now, you know, without even consulting Ian Gillen. So <laughs> he found himself in Black Sabbath without even knowing, and basically spent the old, it sounds to me like he spent the old time recording the album Drunk, or riding around in go-karts, and there's a song called Disturbing the Priest on that album, and it sounds like, you know, it could be some satanic evil track but really it's about noise pollution because they, <laughs> they were re rehearsing near the church and they offended the vicars I mean it's really funny really there's something very funny about Black Sabbath because it's perceived as such dark music but it's so you know it's very hammer horror more than anything anything really sinister but um no, I loved writing that book listening to them albums again it's very nostalgic that's why whenever I'm writing a non-fiction book, I just write something that's that I love because I've got passion for Because, I mean, who wants to read a book about something written by someone who absolutely hates the subject? It's depressing. So, I mean, I really loved writing that book. And another interview I got was um, Jim Simpson, who was Sabbath's original manager. Seemed very disappointed how the, you know, the, the parted ways, but I suppose that's his side of the story. They'd walk a hundred miles watching you away Ten thousand families rely on what you got to say Lord above, Lord above, Lord above, Lord Expenses left and right 
some amazing interviews for your magazine Hound Dog. Tell us about uh, some of your favourite. I've done some really cool interviews that I'm really proud of actually. I've spoken to some people that I've always wanted to speak to, like Wilco Johnson. I <laughs> did a great interview with him for Hound Dog and they were really funny. And I mean, I was really sad when I heard the news about his cancer, but he seems to be pulling through actually. I, mean, I love talking to him. He was just, I just, he was just wild. And um, Dave Davis, Kinks, he were really gentle and he were telling me about uh, his latest projects called the Ashia Project and it were all about aliens and you know like kind of like a Philip K. Dick thing but it was really spooky, it was really surreal having him telling me about this over the phone. He interviewed Donovan, it was quite fun in a, in a strange way if you, I won't go into that but and another one I really enjoyed was Mo Tucker from Velvet Underground, the drummer, that was really cool. She came across as a pretty cool woman because she was more interested in her grandson uh, than the legacy of the Velvet Underground. She just said, oh, I'm keeping my life busy with my grand- grandson. That's nice because you see the people behind, you, know, you admire them for what they are or you know what they've achieved, but in these interviews you see little glimpses into them and it's nice just to know that people are just regular people down to earth and just want to get on with things. But, um, I also enjoyed the Rick Mail interview because we met up back in the studio where we recorded the book the audiobook and we had this really mental interview but you can uh, read that on you can read all these online for free on my website which is wisdom twins books dot com there's a page just for the interviews like pete best you know and you get a good well you get a, his idea of the beatles story and um ian anderson jeff rotel yeah i've done some cool interviews we like to ask everybody this question on the program what does music mean to you Music to me, it's like I say, it's like when I make music, it's it's expression. It's just a way, it's get, getting something out every day, and you know you don't get bored. I don't get bored of it, and I love mixing it and listening back to the sounds. It's just so satisfying, you know, to to do a track. I'm really happy with. That's music. It's a, it's like a diary. And listening to music, it's for me, it's never a background thing. It's like I, if I want to listen to an album, I might listen to it on the headphones, or you know, I really just sit back and take it in, like. Yeah, no, music for me it's like songwriting as well. I'm really interested in songwriting and 
the structure of a song you know the great songwriters like Bob Dylan and Neil Young and that's the people I really like Beatles you know just the structure and the production and the feel of it it has to have like music for me has to have like atmosphere and a nice feel you know just something really special about music that no, no other art can touch I don't think you know it really evokes a lot of emotion so what's next for Chris Wade what's next for me um, next Hudson Fog album actually I'm, I think I've got nine tracks but I'm not going to bring it out this year because um, I'll be going to stick to you know promotion and hopefully getting them on vinyl and you know the other ones on vinyl so I mean there will be the sixth Dodson album that's definitely what's next because it's just it's too fun making music and yeah I will go back to doing some writing soon but it's just so much more feedback from the music and it's so much it just comes naturally to me it's it's not something I have to really you know try with I mean I do try but you know I don't have to force myself it just comes out so much fun where can we go to find out more about you and your work? Um, if you go to my website, wisdomtwinsbooks.weebly.com, there's all kinds of, you know, information on there and freebies, audio book, you know, free audio books, magazines, and there's links to samples of the music. You can buy the albums on CD, download, you know, everything. So head on over there, folks. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for being part of Music Live Radio. And uh, we're going to leave you with one more song from uh, Dodson and Fog. This one is called I Remember, off of his album The Call. Faces from the past continue to swim around the night and still on you.
Um, comedian Rick Mail, who I worked with, but um, he uh, sadly died yesterday, so I'd like to dedicate this interview to him and uh, the memory of working with him, which is I'll treasure forever. <laughs> 